and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Shockwave. They have a new album called Force Ethics, which is releasing on November 4th via Extreme Music. Right now, I'm being joined by JC to share some more information about this stellar release, as well as how the band ended up with Endless Ammunition, just like in those early 90s action films. So, JC, welcome to this show. Hi, thanks for having me here. Same with Absolutely great to have you on. Now, I guess my first question, JC, you're mentioning, you know, hey, what does my audience want to know about you? Well, we want to know everything, JC. We want to know how you like your pizza, what you do on the weekends. <laughs> uh, but I think the most important question for those interested in this album is, what is this album about? Is there a theme? Is it a concept album? No, it's not a concept album because we are interested in very different areas, many areas. And lyric-wise, we like to do it very light. So uh, every song is expressing our opinion or our fantasy about the subject. But we're not really interested in preaching about anyone or teaching anyone what they should do or should think or not. So we don't really care about that. Some songs are um, serious lyrics. Some others have only fun lyrics. For example, that Endless Ammunition. Uh, it talks about, you know, uh, the criticism that you can shoot on the others and the one that you have to accept upon yourself. So, I mean, there's Endless Ammunition for every one of us. There are many things I don't like, but I better shoot up because I can be shoot too also. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Now, I guess my next question then is, that's an interesting song title, Vegan Predator. Take us through this track, Vegan Predator. They're out to get broccoli or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what? Well, uh, our, our songs are mostly based on the, on, on the music, So, but finally there is a very important instrument, which is the voice, and you have to give the singer something to say. So finally... There is a message in every song, but it's more like an, like a bonus, like an extra to the song. First of all comes the riff. The riff has to um, you know, move something inside your guts that, that makes you want to drive faster and uh, do everything faster. But besides that, Vegan Predator, um, I could apply the thematic of that song to that precise podcast. That's the first time I, I'm, I'm doing a Skype. Uh, conversation and has it has been very difficult for me because you know I uh, drive a diesel car focus an American car I like eating meat uh, I don't care about any you know uh, stereotypes that you have to uh, take in account these days so vegan predator is some kind of nostalgic thing I like gasoline I like meat I like fast um, fast music. Uh, ah, well, um, we feel um, somehow a part of this modern world with that trendy things that have to stereotype thoughts of every one of us. That's think I, I don't really like that. Yeah, makes sense. Before you said fast cars, for some reason I thought you were going to say fat chicks. <laughs> I like yeah, fat chicks. <laughs> I like American cars. Oh, <laughs> fat chicks and eating meat and like all right i like this guy this yeah is, this is great anything goes anything, anything goes that's right that that does it's true very true uh so you know girls with some bottom out there you're listening in like whoop whoop well yeah mm -hmm. i guess he doesn't get offended because it's uh well intentioned everything is well intentioned of course 
Exactly. Yeah. Now, something I've got an interesting note here, uh, JC, is that basically the band was kind of on hiatus for a while. And then yeah. I have here, quote unquote, the right conditions allowed you guys to come together, came out with a, a mini CD, the Omega Communion. And then now we're chatting about a full album. Yeah. So take us through that. What, what were the conditions? Was it the pandemic? Well, no, no, no. It, it, it's things quite um, simpler because, you know, in the 80s, we, we knew thrash metal. We started listening to thrash metal. Well, we we're only one year younger than the guys in Metallica or Anthrax or Slayer. We're, we're not about the same age. So we, we kind of grew uh, listening to that music. And in the 80s, we formed a thrash band. It went uh, up until the 90s where we split because of different interests and personals responsibilities and well um, in that in uh, covering that gap we got interested in also extreme metal um, music and we had different projects and in, in different uh, styles black death gothic doom but different kind of things but I kept on writing and listening to thrash and the right conditions were that um, uh, I mean the, the, the working methods today is to write at home, send the songs to the other members, they practice them with the technological tools that we have um, nowadays. And then we, when we get to the rehearsal room, it's, it's, it, everything goes faster because it's already a plan, an agenda. We never had an agenda. We just jammed every week two times and we uh, toured only our, our area. Uh, but uh, these days we can have an agenda and uh, write an album, record an album, promote it. Then uh, we perfectly know that within one year we will stop uh, gigging around and we will start writing them songs for the next album and so on. And it, and, and it won't be tiring for, for every one of us because there is a plan. So these are the right conditions that uh, drove us here again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, kind of a tricky question, JC. Yeah. Instead of starting something new, what was the impulse to pick up Shockwave where it had left off? Well, um, we played the Nostalgia card also here. Ooh. Because, you know, we, we, uh, we kept on uh, playing that kind of music at home and listened to that at home. But we, we perfectly knew that if we... We can show and demonstrate everyone that we were there in the 80s and also during the 90s. That was, um, well, that was a kind of an advent, a, a, a advantage for us and we used that. But everything is authentic. It's, it's true. It's real. So why not? Yeah, I get it. Now, my next question, kind of a fun question, I hope, is equipment-wise, writing-wise, music-wise, are you guys still... Yeah, I'm just going to throw something out, you know, like thrash metal. Are you guys still just plugging into the same Marshall with the same guitar and letting it rip? Or how are, how are you guys, are you doing anything differently now? Yeah, we're doing quite a lot of things different. Equipment-wise, uh, we're not even using the same equipment that we used five years ago at home. So everything is changing quite fast. But we're not so afraid. I'm playing guitar. I'm not so particularly friend of the plugins. I think I don't know if your audience is uh, familiar with plugins, but it's a kind of a virtual, virtual thing of everything of pedals, yeah. amplifier, cabinets. Well, we're not we don't really like that. We play through real amplifiers, 
but with modelers. So we don't use uh, pedals and that kind of thing. So that digital thing, uh, yeah, it, it has been very well welcome. And of course, recording the demo nowadays is not with a four track prior to going to a proper studio. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm using a, um, I'm multi-tracking tracking here in Cubase and well, yeah, these tools uh, we have incorporated them, of course, yes. And also a non-alcohol beer. <laughs> Non-alcoholic beer. No, oh. uh, from uh, Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday. Perfecto. Monday to Friday. Mm, I was going to say, que lastima, JC, que lastima. Oh, si. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> Mierda. <laughs> <laughs> that word, exactly. Uh, cool. Now, what else is there to chat about? We're playing through real amps, the social dialogue or the social dilemma that is sort of the yeah. theme of the the album um what else is there to there to say about the album how did you guys uh record it you mentioned doing some demos at home did you also record at home did you well we we have done a very uh, nowadays thing that saves some some cash and also guarantees a very good quality we recorded at home every instrument but uh brought it to the in to the um, to the studio uh, as uh, as clean tracks to be reamped. I don't know if your audience is familiar with with reamping, but I mean when you are recording something, you are listening a sound that is comfortable comfortable for you to play. For example, an amplifier that you like. But what is being recorded in the computer is a clean track, like if if you were playing an acoustic guitar, and then the studio takes that clean uh, sample and process. Um, puts it through a real amplifier. You choose the amplifier. Had different. Uh, had uh, triple rectifier, uh, fifty-one fifty PV, and an orange to choose from. And I think they did some kind of blending of the same tracks through three different amplifiers. So what you listen to the uh, in the records is also a real, uh, but it has been recorded as a, as clean tracks. But you know, one thing is is important. Uh, mm, Sound-wise, we don't care about uh, trendy kinds of production or sound. We like that compressed, tight uh, sound that uh, that has a very clear uh, front uh, front line uh, rhythm guitar. That's um, that's very important. That's driving the riff with the drums. So we're oriented. Uh, well, you know our. Best production ever that I heard ever in my life was the Black Metallica's Black Album. It might not be their best album, but it's a great one, and it's a goal when we look for a production. I'm not saying that we um, that we hit the target, but we tried. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, how did you guys? I guess my question is, how did you do that? Especially today's day and age, if you want those drums, they've been sampled and you can buy them. You can actually buy those yeah. drum those drum sounds. So you you could have them if you want to from Tune Track, because uh, Bob Rock made a a package for Tune Track. Library. Yeah, a library of those sounds. So you could do that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, they didn't use any of those amps on on the record. They used uh, a Mark series amp for the main rhythm sound and then they brought in a modded Marshall for a bit of extra mid-range that wasn't coming out of the Mark series. Good, you know that. Great. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's actually a pretty simple setup. And I think what surprises people the most, or what would surprise people, is that what you're actually hearing is a very polished and refined Metallica. They're yes. For, for better you know, or worse. Uh, well, we took that as a guide, as a, as a, as a guiding light, but we didn't, we didn't want to copycat it because, uh, mm, well, I don't know if we could uh, do that. Besides that, the Black Album is all slow songs, mid-tempo songs, and ours, uh, well, there's 11 songs in the album, 10 of them are fast, 180 BPM, most of them. So, uh, so uh, anyhow, it, it, it wouldn't have been possible to sound like them. But as a, as a guiding light, of course, we did, we did that. But besides that, uh, we gave uh, um, total freedom to, uh, to the guy in the studio because he knew technically how to deal with those things. So we only uh, gave him some um, some opinions. And when uh, the mixing was about to begin, we went to the studio and said, hey, tweak a little bit that or change that or, well, uh, you know, uh, speaking, uh, talking about sound, it's a little bit uh, weird because, you know, I, you know, hey, guy, I like this boiling sound. I like this burning sound. Well, what's, what's, bo- what's a boiling sound? Well, uh, so we tried our best. I hope that your audience at least listens to one song as a sample and then maybe the whole album. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. That's why you're on the show, JC. Great. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the tempo because the tempo was a big part of the Black Album as well. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of musicians who've never played in an arena don't understand that arenas va- uh, reverberate differently than clubs. And that's why the tempos of bands who get to the arena stage start to change and the songs start to change because it has to sound good in an arena. Yeah. And uh, 120 BPMs is radio friendly. I know that. Well, if you have to to make a speech, you have to speak slowly because uh, people wouldn't understand you. You cannot quote Shakespeare at 200 BPM. Right. You have to do it at its uh, own tempo. But... Well, yeah. our songs are in another, in another mood. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we chatted about the album, Force, Force Ethics, which has a bit of a theme of like what I'm calling, I don't know, social dialogue to it. We chatted about the recording process, bending on that, that black album uh, sound, and then also as well in the mixing stage, getting a blend of the triple rectifier 5150 and orange amps, which I know... My audience is going to be super stoked to find out and hear, and they're probably going to even want to know, what is the blend? JC, what what is the blend? But I don't know if it matters. Um, <laughs> the, album Force, <laughs> the album Force Ethics is out November 4th via Extreme Music. On today's sh- uh, show notes is uh, a link that I have for you guys' Facebook so that people can keep in touch with you uh, on Facebook, as well as a link to the track Endless Ammunition that is available on YouTube. So as of November 4th, the album Force Ethics will be available everywhere to consume music. Is yeah. there anything else that you wanted to chat about, JC, that I missed? Well, not really, not really. Um, or maybe, yes. Which are our favorite traditional bands or influences or how do we think? What do we, do we think if I inspired us? Well, we love the first two Exodus albums. They are wild milestones. We love Raining Blood. And Metallica's, well, from Ride the Lightning until the Black Album, 
you know, with this, these three influences, I think we have enough to make any other thing. Mm-hmm. And then with the um, uh, new times brought new time signatures, different things that you pick up here and there, you listen, and maybe you in, incorporate a, a blast beat that you heard in some melodic death metal band, or maybe a weird time signature from progressive um, uh, bands. So you pick one thing here, one there, uh, but this is um, this defines us, you know, this kind of uh, albums that I have mentioned. This is our goal, yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. Well, JC, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Yeah, thank to you. Very good questions. And I hope that you enjoy what we offer. And we talk again anytime in the future. Sweet. 